Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available... On digital, Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hey, welcome back to Mining Pod. We have a news roundup for you this week. Charlie's on with me. Matt is on vacation. We wish him well. We'll be talking about a DeFi Llama news hit piece on Bitcoin miners, ETF inflows and outflows, we'll price action talk, and then an ECB hit piece on Bitcoin. We want to thank CleanSpark, America's Bitcoin miner, for making this show possible. You'll hear a little bit more from CleanSpark in today's episode. Okay, on to the show. When Cheryl Shadden invited her family from Washington State to visit her home in Texas, she knew there was going to be issues. The Bitcoin mining operation a quarter mile from her property generates a noise like the inside of a wind tunnel, and it never stops. They went, oh my god, what is this? This is horrible, Shadden told DL News. I knew they were going to say something. For more than a year, a Bitcoin mining facility owner, Marathon Digital Holdings, had been minting the cryptocurrency day and night with about 80,000 fan-cooled computers. The sound has been antagonizing the folks in Granbury, a town not far from Fort Worth. Now Shadden and her fellow residents are becoming increasingly alarmed that the din is causing a slew of health issues. I have headaches now, and the vertigo is worse. Neighbor Geraldine Lathers told DL News, you can't get relief. If I move wrong, I'm dizzy. Residents have watched in amazement as rabbits, birds, and other wildlife have fled the area to escape the noise. But, she says, before pausing to add, there sure are a lot of vultures. That, Charlie, was an excerpt from DL News reporting on the Marathon Digital Bitcoin mine in Granbury, Texas, that they just took over from Hut 8 after a recent purchase, I believe we covered on the show. It's quite the piece. It's quite the piece. I mean, when Marathon took it over, it obviously got way louder. Um, got a lot louder. I, you know, I actually do think it's good to identify and properly criticize where our industry, the mining, the Bitcoin mining industry can improve. Um, noise pollution is an issue. Noise is an issue. Um, however, <laughs> I'm telling you, like the people who, who produce these stories have to search hard, far and wide to find this this type of person craft this narrative and make it and demonize it so bad. 
to that last line about uh more vultures um <laughs> so good that's uh that's that's a pretty clear indicator uh yeah i mean uh these things are allowed that's a problem there should be some pretty clear zoning and consideration from companies my company specifically does sound testing but like man this is such a small minority part of the story that it's almost not even worth reporting on right now well we will get to that story towards the middle of the show but i did want to tee it up because i thought it was funny of course welcome back to the mining pod this is our news roundup which we put out every friday morning both on the mining pod feed and the coindesk podcast network thank you for tuning with it in with us and thank you to nick gates for being a proud supporter of the mining pod on today's show we're going to be talking about some price action i think we've done this three times in a row three weeks in a row for the news roundup which is not our normal thing but hey the corn is up so we're talking about it then we'll go into some mining specific news with brains adding lightning payouts this DeFi llama piece and we'll finish up with a little chatter on ecb let's go first to our mining talk, price action talk. We're gonna smush these together. So we got this nice piece from our friends at the Miner Mag. Miner Weekly, equity investment is flooding into mining stocks. In this article, they talk about how CleanSpark, Iris Energy, and Hive have raised about $210 million since the new year. And of course, all three of these companies also earned a lot of money by selling equity in Q3 and Q4. Of these three, the biggest have been CleanSpark. They now have over a $3 billion market cap uh, in Irish Energy and Hive. Yeah, a little behind that, still in the hundreds of millions. Charlie, I want to ask you, I guess I know I'm more, I have more of a comment. What are you thinking when you see this return? I feel like we're still in the very early innings, which we'll get to in, into our charts in a second. And these mining stocks are already you know, picking up the bid pretty well. Yeah, I mean, this is interesting because this is money that's been raised in pretty much a post-ETF environment. So we talked about this when we, during the ETF episode where Matt and I, you were saying, um, we're going to get investors have a lot more diversification for, for deploying capital into Bitcoin. And so maybe it's a little bit too early to tell, but we're seeing that, well, the companies who appear to have been raising the most uh, are Bitcoin mining. There's still appetite for that. I also see that two of these three companies are very explicitly um, only green energy. I think Hive is also has a higher green energy mix. Um, but we're heading into the halving. Uh, capital raise has not slowed down. These stocks are up. I haven't actually compared it to Bitcoin's performance in the past six months. But I think they're actually technically up more than Bitcoin. Um, I think... You know, if you're looking to deploy capital into the space, into Bitcoin, you want some Bitcoin, you want some public miner exposure. It makes sense. I'm not surprised to see more raise. I think I'd be more surprised if we kept seeing raise up until the halving and then after it. That would be an interesting phenomenon. And that's really the the main like question I have, like what's going to happen over the next three to six months? It's a good question. And it's a question we asked ourselves as the ETF was coming in to fruition. What would happen with these mining stocks? Uh, we talked about it on this show many times, even going back to October. We had Reggie Smith on the show from JP Morgan. We had Amanda Fabiano on. We've got a few other people talking about what would happen with these Bitcoin mining stocks. 
and I think, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. So we've sort of seen that. Let's go to look at some other charts. So if you're watching on the Blockspace YouTube channel or on Coindesk TV, you can see this. Or if you're just listening along, we'll try to describe it as best as possible. We're looking at a chart of US spot BTC ETF flows. Uh, this is from BitMEX Research and Farside. And this is a pretty good chart showing that mostly GPTC has been bleeding out as expected. And for the first time in about a week and a half, we're seeing that uh, ETF outflows are stronger than inflows. That's because GPTC is still selling off. And I think that goes back to the headline we saw last week with Bloomberg, where uh, Genesis was able to sell $1.3 billion worth of GPTC according to a court order. And so we'll probably just continue to see GPTC slide out. Hopefully the bid continues with these other ETF products out there. They seem to be like almost balancing each other out at this point. Uh, I want to look at these other two charts, however. One is from CoinShares, showing last week that weekly crypto asset flows. We had uh, the highest for 2024, certainly. And I think this chart, if I was remembering this correctly, was one of the highest ever. Um, this is in millions of dollars, and there's uh, 250, or how, is, how am I supposed to say this? 2,500 million in inflows uh, for last week. That's a lot of money. If you look at this chart, I mean, it just stands out quite a bit more than any of the other inflows or outflows. So it does seem like assets are moving in, money's moving in. The last chart we want to look at is this Coinbase quarterly retail trading volume. And it shows from Q1 of 2020 all the way to Q4 of 2023. Q1 of 2020 was 12 billion in retail trading volume. Q4 2023, 29 billion. And in between, we had a few larger quarters, the biggest Q4 2021 with $177 billion. So what can we look at this chart and say? Well, retail is not really here. There's not that much trading on Coinbase. Like it's picking up versus Q3, but retail's not here yet. Which brings us back to the mining stocks and the ETFs. Seems pretty early. Any thoughts on those charts? Yeah, um, it's... This is what we in the industry have already seen. You could just read the, you know, see the discourse happening online and in our circles. And you can, you, you, you see that both the inflows and the attitude, uh, does they match each other right now? You know, it's interesting because that, uh, the chart we're on right now, the quarterly retail trading volume on Coinbase looks just like, I mean, absolutely identical to the psychology of a market cycle chart that a lot of us like to refer to. And this um, Q4 2023 increase in retail trading volume on Coinbase almost perfectly indicates the disbelief, quote, this is a sucker's rally, um, uh, you know, pattern that we see. Now, I'm not, you know, some kind of trading chart guru, but we've been through this, this cycle a bunch and um, we know what comes next. So... Uh, I just get excited to see that when Coinbase buyers are back, that means uh, things get excited. I don't know. Occasionally, depending on like whatever particular cryptocurrency, sometimes the Coinbase premium has emerged over the past year. That is, if Solana trades a little bit higher on Coinbase than other markets, that's typically an indicator that retail's back. And we've seen that phenomenon happen. So I'm excited. A good old tingly. Um, I wish I'd slept more last year. In the competitive world of Bitcoin mining, one name stands out, CleanSpark. 
America's Bitcoin miner. At CleanSpark, efficiency isn't just a goal, it's our standard. Our sophisticated facilities are built and led by expert teams who care about Bitcoin and the communities we work in. Scale, we've mastered it. Our large-scale operations have set us apart in the industry as examples of community-oriented building. Our track record speaks for itself. We navigate the complexities of the new economy with precision and with skill, continuously achieving operational milestones. Curious about how we do it? We invite you to discover the story behind CleanSpark's success at cleanspark.com. Okay, let's go over to Brains in this blog post. This is the mining news section. So first part, I did price, hundred and low mining news. Brains announced this morning that they're introducing lightning payouts for using their pool. Brains, formerly was Slush. Slush the oldest Bitcoin mining pool in existence. One of the smaller pools at this point, but I think it's still around 3 to 5% of the network. Someone can fact check me, but that seems about right off of gut instinct. Uh, adding lightning payouts. Okay, why does that matter? Uh, I'll hand it to you in a second, but my understanding of this is just a little bit easier, decreased costs for miners when they're earning Satoshis from a pool payout. They're not having to pay for those on-chain fees as much uh, because you're doing it on the L2 side of things. I have seen Titan Pool did put out, uh, or I did see Titan Pool put out an announcement that they also added lightning payouts about a week before this. So I wonder if there's something in the water here. Any other pools that have done lightning payouts? I was surprised that they're claiming to be the first to have done it, but I feel like this could have happened a while ago. Yeah, I think some pools have done lightning payouts. It's hard to keep track, and they're almost always really small ones, which are looking to differentiate themselves. Um, I think lightning payouts are awesome. Brains has them. Great job. I think they're the largest pool with 9 to 10 exahash. I know Ocean talked about doing them. I don't think that's implemented yet. It, you know, lightning's hard because it's lightning is typically better when you have bi-directional flow. In mining payouts, it's monodirectional. It's only paying out. And you have to then redeploy Bitcoin back into that channel. So it is it's very hands-on and kind of clunky. And lightning may not be really optimal for this particular use case, but I do believe that there that it is applicable in some circumstances, and I love to see miners get paid. Um, you might say in real time. That certainly is a a a, a popular payout scheme that I, I imagine the industry will eventually move towards. Um, yeah, I uh, I I think the big question is: Will any like larger pools implement this? Will we see an Ant or a Via or an F two? implement lightning and i i think that's very unlikely for the foreseeable future okay let's put that story aside and go back to the story we started the show with this piece from DeFi llama angry texans fight bitcoin mines eighty thousand noisy machines and test for industry got a nice little picture there also the tldr the story as we mentioned at the top of the show marathon digital took over a bitcoin mine in Granbury, Texas, it has about 80,000 machines. You can see them there in their containers. These things can be loud. And the town apparently has been fighting back and forth with the former owners, which was Huddite, to be able to like contain this noise. And now Marathon Digital is taking it over. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, since Marathon Digital took this over, there's been like 
a lot of noise complaints hitting the timeline, more so than when I saw HUD 8 running the site. So that's a little interesting. This piece goes on to quote a few people in the Bitcoin binding community talking about like how and why noise is fixed at Bitcoin mining sites, what should be done about it. I think most Bitcoin miners I've spoken with about this piece are one, confused why Marathon Digital was like singled out so quickly once they took over the site. It literally just happened a few weeks ago. And two, how this is really an issue. It's I don't am not I'm not very familiar with the Granbury site. I think it's somewhat segmented away from neighborhoods. Uh, there's obviously a lot of Bitcoin mines in the US that are not. They're like smack dab in the middle of neighborhoods. And I'm not very supportive of that. But it does seem like this is like a little bit of a Karen moment where it's like, eh, yeah, it's hard to know. Yeah, I, I want to be really empathetic because there are situations where mines have caused like serious noise issues. A quarter mile out's a, a, a bit of a ways away. You, you'll still be able to hear it. But as far as I'm aware, most like noise zoning, that would still, you know, be okay. This is more of a zoning law and a per and a permitting problem than it is the Bitcoin mining itself. I think that's really the people you complain to, not Marathon. Also, like, okay, Marathon recently acquired that site. Was that site not an issue prior to this? B- because, like, if it's been operational for a while, um, I think this is one of those things which it's one of the, it's one of those little policy tweaks where people get better about zoning and permissioning these data centers but man i mean of the maybe i'm just gonna hand wave maybe like 20 people 50 people in the country who this might apply to of a bitcoin mine being too loud to their residents um you know this particular news organization managed to find two of them and interview them uh so you're just going to be hard pressed to find that many people who are actually pissed off this seems to me very much like a hit piece it does I was a little uh, upset that it came from a, a crypto news site as well, because I feel like there could have been a, a little more due diligence done on that side of things. Now, I yeah. have to go ahead. I mean, like, I mean, like, so, so D- this is DeFi Llama, right? It's DL News. They're, yeah. they're crypto native, but that's DeFi is historically more of a proof of stake thing. Uh, are you aware, Will, that, that DL News is pivoting to like broader like crypto news, including Bitcoin stuff? Yeah, they've been looking for hiring some Bitcoin reporters for a bit. Uh, Bitcoin's obviously with liquidity and a lot of the attention is a cycle. So it makes sense. I was still just sort of confused to see this. I do think that a lot of journalists, when they're writing articles around Bitcoin mining, they kind of pull up the, the journalism lanyard and be like, hey, I am a journalist first, not a crypto native first, specifically when it comes to this sort of thing. And you do see it with other reporters too, where when it comes to like illicit finance or scams, they really like to pull out like the, the journalism card and this sort of seems like that where angry townspeople are upset about this being too loud and i didn't really dig into a little more i mean some of the things in this article are just crazy they're saying that it's causing vertigo that it's causing just like tons of health issues so people can't stand up but it's like that's not the case right they're saying that it's driving away animals i know of bitcoin mines that are on farms you know and like animals come up to it and they're like, oh, what's going on here? It's kind of fun. It's loud and it makes heat. So it just doesn't make sense. Uh, and it should have been investigated more. And instead of turning into like a pretty large hit piece and has been circulating around a lot of telegram channels. So 
Odd to see that. Any other thoughts on that before we head to our last piece, which is an even bigger hit piece on Bitcoin? We just need better news and reporting. That's all we that's that's the clear. That's the clear takeaway. Tough one. Okay. The last piece for the day is this thing from the ECB, which is also going around Twitter. So for those who are not on Twitter, we're giving you giving you the updates. ETF approval for Bitcoin, the naked emperor's new close. This is an article published by the European Central Bank on the 22nd of February from these two distinguished gentlemen. I cannot pronounce their names. Uh, I assume they are Dutch or German, but they basically kind of go through the classic Bitcoin points. It's a scam. It's used for illicit finance. It's bad for the environment. Uh, The thing I want to read off at the end, which is probably my favorite, says, quote, Bitcoin's price level is not an indicator of its sustainability. There are no economic fundamental data. There's no fair price value for which serious forecasts can be derived. There is no proof of price in a speculative bubble. Instead, a reflation of the speculative bubble shows the effectiveness of the Bitcoin lobby. The market capitalization quantifies the overall social damage that will occur when the house of cards collapses. It is important for authorities to be vigilant and protect, protect society from money laundering, cyber, and other crimes. Financial losses for the financially less educated and extensive environmental damage. This job has not been done yet. This is a response piece to the SEC approving Bitcoin ETFs, essentially from the ECB. This is a cope and seethe article. It's a cope uh, and seethe article. Yeah. It's a cope and seethe article. I, they're, they're just going to cry about Bitcoin being so unbelievably popular. And everyone's going to... And, and I don't think these articles are going to carry the weight they once did because people just want to own Bitcoin now, even if they don't even know what it is. What's your take, Will? Maybe this cycle is different because of the ETF and now governments have to respond, especially governments outside the US have to take it a little bit more seriously and think about allowing it within their financial institutions. If the US allowed it to occur, then do any of these other countries have an excuse not to? I mean, the US is where all the capital is, right? So if the US is allowing this, then I think a lot of these other countries have to take a look at things. And ECB certainly has been against anything like this. You know, they're on the forefront of building a quote unquote private digital euro. See if it's private or not. Uh, but they're not Bitcoiners. And all these other countries are going to have to take a look at the orange bill and decide if they're going to allow it within their financial system through an ETF. But that's something I didn't think about when the ETF went live. I just thought about it from like a price perspective for Americans mostly. And probably should have had a broader perspective on it. Um, so this is just one piece. I bet we see more of these. Yeah, yeah, I keep I keep getting reminded of gel man amnesia, where it's like you read a news story and you say, oh, I have subject matter expertise. Um, I can't believe they got these simple things wrong. And then you go to the next story and you assume, ah, they know what they're talking about. At this point, I, I feel like every single person who's in Bitcoin or even crypto just like uh, kind of like checks in on mainstream news and even mainstream authority sources and says, okay, great. Well, we know what you guys are thinking. We're going to go off and do our own thing here because the people actually want to own Bitcoin. And they, they seem to be totally, they seem to, you can see the active disconnect happening in like mainstream authority and, uh, and whatever this new crypto economic network is. Love it. Okay. Let's close out the show there. If you are enjoying this show, then you'll enjoy our other shows. 
uh, block, uh, Bitcoin Season 2 and The Quirk Show. You can listen to those on the Blockspace Podcast Network. Just search for that on Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. You can also subscribe to Blockspace.media and find our newsletter there. It's just a little plug as we close out. Thanks for listening to the show. Charlie, I'll see you next week. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.